Praise the Lord. God is so good. I tell you, his presence is so wonderful. Amen? Amen. You know, all you have to do is open up your heart to receive. Open up your heart to receive. So wonderful, so precious, so valuable. Amen. Are you guys still believing for some divine uh, surprises? Are you still believing for divine uh, great things? Amen, huh? What? That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Divine. We are. I'm believing for divine surprise. I'm believing for those things, especially in the area of revelation. Hallelujah. Also in the area of healing and things like that. You know, aren't you glad that uh, when you get God's presence, he wants to bring life to you? Amen. Amen. And uh, there's nothing that compares to that. There's nothing compares to his presence. His, it just comes in and just saturates you and just... You just know that he's there. He's there to put you over. He's there to meet at whatever need that you have. Amen? So I I guess my question again is this, is that, uh, uh, you know, if you're believing for divine surprises, you know, uh, and realizing, sometimes you got to thank God and you got to testify about the little things. Amen? You know, there's there's certain truths that come into into being that if you don't, you got to tell some things. You just got to share. You know, I'm so thankful for what God did here, what God's doing in this. He just did this. Amen? And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to grab some and say, hey, listen, I just need to declare my faith. I don't know if you've ever done that. Just grab somebody and say, hey, just sit there, be quiet, don't say nothing. I'm going to declare my faith. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to do anything, but you're going to listen to it right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Usually it's, you know, it's, it's somebody you know, like your wife or your husband or, or your kids or somebody that's a friend. Just, I need to declare my faith. I need to let you know what I believe. Hallelujah. And sometimes you can just do it to total strangers. It's just, it's really a blast to do that. Walking. Let me just tell you what God is doing in my life. Hallelujah. Let me just tell you what he's doing. He's doing this. He's doing this. He's doing God is moving. I need to declare that. Let somebody know that. I just want you to know what God is doing. Amen. Sometimes you got to speak to the mountain. <laughs> Amen. You got to speak to the mountain. You got to you got to speak to the mountain. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter eleven. We're going to go over a really familiar passage of scripture, but we're going to stir your hearts to speak into the mountain. But we're going to stir your heart about faith, and we're going to stir your heart about believing because we should already have some testimonies about some divine surprises. Hallelujah, we should have. We should have some testimonies about that already. And if you've got one, well, then I want to hear it. You don't, you know, don't, don't, don't stand back. You've got you to do it. You've got to declare. You know, it was, it was so wonderful to hear and, and listen in today on, uh, because, you know, the, the, the ladies' retreat is called, you know, My Story, His Glory. And so she had ladies come in and share their story and just share, to, you know, the, and the glory of God and what God has done and what he's doing. Um, and it's just so amazing. Just just brings tears to your eyes. Just joy. Uh, amazing what God can do and what he has done. Amen. Uh, but you know, God's still God. Did you know that? You know, God is still God. God's still in the miracle business. God's still a supernatural God. We still serve a supernatural Jesus. Hallelujah. What do I mean by that? You got you to expect God to just supernaturally do things when you pray. It's amazing how many people pray and don't believe. Amen. They say, well, I've been asking. He ain't been listening. Well, the problem is, is that are you asking right? How many know, you know, I mean, I've got grandkids. And so my grandkids, they come in and they, they want to say, you need to do this. Or I need this. You know, I just sit there. I don't move. And they look at me and say, well, 
you know, either call me Papa or Grandpa. And they said, what? Well, didn't you? I said, what? You didn't say anything. You did not ask a question. You didn't say anything. You didn't do anything. That's not my problem that you need something. That's not how we work around here, is it? How do you, the, yeah, and you got to ask right with the right demeanor and the right attitude. Amen. Because I hold all the power. I mean, you know, God holds all the power. And we want to come to him in the right way. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, no, they got to come in and say, hey, you know, you know, these come in and say, Grandpa, or, you know, Papa, may I have this? I would like to have this. May I have, I said, you know, hey, Grandpa, get you anything you want as long as you ask right. But he won't move a muscle. If you don't ask right or act right. Amen. Amen. And that's the exact way God is. If you don't act right or ask right, it don't phase the Holy Spirit or God anything. He still loves you, but he ain't doing nothing. Thank you for your overwhelming response. But you know, you have to understand that because we have a tendency to come and to do, and we don't know what some things are. Amen. You know, if we're supposed to have faith in God, what is faith in God? I think that's a great question. Here in Mark eleven twenty two, you know, it says, and Jesus answered unto them, he said, have faith in God. Now, here's the thing about it. You know, we, we see before that, if you see the story before this, you know, Jesus sees a fig tree and he's going up to get figs because the leaves are on there. He's assuming figs are on there. There is none. He said, and he curses the fig tree. It says, no man's going to eat fruit from thee forever. You know, and then the next day they come back and they see the fig tree dried up from the roots, which means the top of the tree was probably still green. Now, how many of you know when a tree dies, it dries from the top down? You guys know that. It always dies from the top down, always because that's where the, the least amount of branches are, or at least where the, the water's coming up. It's going to stay here. If it's not getting enough water, it's going to get dead at the top. But this one here was dried up, dead halfway, three quarters of the way up. And so they're like, of course, Peter, you know, he's thinking, oh, man, I need to know how to do this so I can go around cursing all these trees. You know, I want to do, I want to know how to do this. And of course, Peter's the one that says, hey, hey, look at this. Look at this, Lord, look at this. You know, isn't it funny? Peter's the one that said all this. And Peter, he's calling to him, hey, look at this, man, look at this. It's, you know, and then Jesus doesn't even answer that question. He says, have faith in God. He uses it as, an, as a time and a moment to teach the disciples about what the God kind of faith is and what we need to have and how do we, and the, how the faith that receives from God. What is, you know, having faith in God? What is faith in God? What is the God kind of faith? What does it do? He goes on to say, verse 23, which is, you know, is a, is a, you know, a landmark verse for, for faith in things. And sometimes we have a tendency just to say, well, I've heard that. I know that. But you know what? It's still the word of God, still written in red. Jesus still said it. Just like John three sixteen, amen? So he says, for verily I say to you that whosoever, turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you, you are a whosoever. You're a whosoever and a whatsoever. I love those things. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain that they're at, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. King James has saith, but what, you know, he should have what things ever he says. 
Notice he said this. First of all, he said, whoever shall say, so you got to say something there. Be thou removed, be thou cast in, shall not doubt in his heart. Didn't say about your head, but talked about no doubt in your heart. Then he said, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So talking about says three times, but really what we need to understand, what Jesus was trying to get across him, Jesus, when he said something, things happened. Amen? We, we see some things here because how do you remember when Jesus is walking in the centurion soldier in Matthew chapter 8? says, hey, my son lies sick, you know, or my servant, he said, my servant is sick of the palsy and, uh, you know, I, I want you to heal him. So Jesus said, okay, I'm going to come to your house. And, and the centurion says, oh, time out. You don't got to come. All you got to do is say it. All you got to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. He said, I know this because I'm a man of authority. When I speak to this guy, go do this, he does it. When I say, come here, come. When I do I have authority. All you got to do is speak it. You have authority over sickness. You have a, all you got to do is speak the word and my servant will be healed. You don't have to come to my house. All you got to do is speak it. Now, isn't that amazing? I mean, if Jesus said he was coming to your house, you'd be like, yay, come on, let's do, let's go clean the house. Let's get things. <laughs> get them to come, get it all prepared. You know, we're going to get everything ready. This guy's like, no, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. All you got to do is speak the word. And of course, Jesus stopped and marveled and went, this guy got it. He looks around and all, I've not seen so great faith in all of Israel. And he's talking to his disciples. You bunch of unbelieving. Yeah. How long have I been with you? You know, he said that another time. But anyways, he said, oh, I've not seen so great faith. No, not in Israel. And then he, he prophesies and announces. And he just tells the guy, okay, be it unto you. Amen. Why do we see that? Because we need to understand that Jesus gave us that power and authority to believe what he said in his word. Look at verse 24, okay? He said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Amen? Aren't you glad? When he said, what is, what is having faith in God? Well, having faith in God is having faith in his word. Having faith in God is having faith to believe that what God said is true. Having faith in God is to act in accordance to what the word of God says. Everybody wants to pray about the word or pray over the word or do those things instead of acting on the word, which is taking the word and applying it to our life and believing that when we do pray, that we do receive the answers to our prayer, that God's moving, he's working. Amen? Amen. That we're taking hold of this. Amen? And, and, and you know... See, because most people don't have any problem in believing that God can. Most people don't have anything believing that God's word says so. And they get excited about it and they rejoice over it. And it's so cool and they think it's so good and they memorize it. They say it's so wonderful. The problem is, is that just because you believe God can, just because you believe the word is so and you rejoice over it doesn't mean it does anything in your life. Y'all are quiet in this place. See, because it's only a doer of the word. It's only somebody who takes the word of God and says, I believe what God said that is going to happen. I believe that. I'm going to take this word. Not only do I believe that God can, not only I rejoice over what I see God can do and what he did for them, I believe. I'm going to take faith and believe that God will do that for me. It's not about what God can do. It's about what God will do for me. Because I always say this statement, you know, faith begins where the will of God is known. 
It doesn't begin where what you, th- you look at the word or you look at this and say, isn't that wonderful? It begins where you know that it's God's will to do that word for you. That when this word, which is the logos, becomes a rhema word for you, which is the spoken word, it becomes a word that's life-giving. Because that's what it is. Rhema is the, is the Greek word for the spoken word. Amen? Logos is the Greek word for the written word. Which simply means we've got the written word, but you've got to get this word to become a word. And we're making it plain and simple enough because I want to get it on the inside of you. Because we need to understand we've got to stand up and proclaim what the word of God says. We've got to stand up and say, no, I'm not afraid because of what God says. God's not given me a spirit of fear. God told Timothy, Paul told Timothy, God's not given you a spirit of fear. It's in the word of God. If God didn't give Timothy a spirit of fear, he didn't give me a spirit of fear. He didn't give me a spirit of timidity. He didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. If God said, Paul told the Philippian church, he said, my God's going to meet and supply all of your needs because you've ministered unto me in giving and receiving. If we're doing giving and receiving, God's going to meet and supply all of our needs. He's going to do that. Why? Because we've got the promises of the word of God. He doesn't do it if you don't believe it. You know? See, because here's the biggest problem. If you stop believing that God will, then you stopped having faith. You stopped having faith in God. The minute that you believe that what you were believing for is not going to come to pass, you stopped having faith in God. And you stop believing, you stop standing because you let a little thing with numbers on it mess you up. Called a clock, called time. See, it's amazing how many people say, but I don't understand, how long does it take? And I'm like, doesn't take long at all to believe. Doesn't take long at all to, to have something hard. If you believe that you, see, now look at Mark eleven twenty four. Let's look at it. Look, I'm giving you a simple faith lesson tonight, but we're going to stir it because I believe God, the Holy Spirit, just told, he said, you got to stir them back up. You got to stir them back up. It's not about what we're praying for. It's what we're speaking of. Did you hear that? It's not about what we're praying for. It's about what we're speaking of. See, we, people are praying for a lot of things, but they're not speaking of the things that are already theirs. And they're not speaking of the promises of God. They're not taking hold of those things and applying them to their lives because we're going to get nervous. You're going to be classified as one of those crazy people. You're going to get classified as, well, you just think God's going to do this. You think you're making God. I'm not making God do anything. I'm just taking him at his word. God doesn't do it. I can't make God do anything. He's my father. He does, he's, he's just saying, and he, said, he said, therefore, I say unto you. In my Bible, it says, therefore, I say unto Mark. He doesn't call me pastor. He says, I come Mark. <laughs> okay. He says, I say unto you, Mark, what things soever you, Mark, you desire. When you, Mark, when you pray, you believe, Mark, you believe that Mark, you receive them. And Mark, then you have them. Mark has to believe. Mark has to receive. When does Mark believe that he receives them? When he prays, not when he has them. I'm going to say it again. Therefore, I say unto you, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Let's just stop right there. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. 
You've got to believe you receive them before you have them all the time. How many of you know you had to believe that you had to confess that Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior before you ever had any feeling? Before there was anything that ever happened, you had to believe, you had to say, Lord Jesus, I accept you, I receive you, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, thank you for forgiving me, all my sins, thank you, Lord Jesus. And it wasn't until you said it, it wasn't until you believed in that and said it, that something changed on the inside of you. Amen? See, here's one of the biggest problems. It's like a guy who, was, who came to the men's Bible study or came to the men's prayer for six months to a church. He was crying out to get saved. And everybody was trying to tell him, well, just, you know, believe and confess. No, no, I'm not going to say Jesus Christ. I'm not going to say that until it happens to me. And so he just was miserable, you know. And finally, you know, thank God for a guest minister who came in and was there and talked. He said, you know, pastor, I think you can help him. Get him. So he started talking to the guy. And he started, he started sharing with him things, just sharing. He said, well, when are you going to believe that Jesus Christ, you know, and when are you going to do that? Because the Bible says you've got to believe in your heart and you've got to confess with your mouth. That's the Romans road. He's like, well, I'm not going to do that till it happens. He said, how are you going to know when it happens? Well, I guess I'll, I'll feel it or I'll, you know, he's trying. He said, no, you stand up. He just stand up right now. Just stand up. Stop being, you've been there six months. Seeking. God's not, God, you're not going to talk God into notion and save you. I already saved you 2,000 years ago with Jesus. So right now, just declare, say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me, and I thank you that I'm saved. Just say it. Get mad. The guy said, and the guy said it, and he said it. And he sat back down. And he went on to just doing things. And all of a sudden, about 30 seconds later, that guy jumped up and yelled. He said, glory. Something happened. He said, of course something happened, because you said it. And you truly believe it. He said, don't you believe? So I do believe that Jay, he believed it. He's like, I'm not going to call him my Lord till I know it. Well, that's, that's what we all want to do. Well, I'm not going to say I receive what I believe for until I have it. Well, you're not going to get it till you just say you believe you receive it. until you get, and That's how you get it. It's so dumb. We, that's how you get everything from God is Romans 10, 9, and 10. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. That's how you get things. It's how you get joy. It's how you get peace. It's how you get strength. It's how you get provision. That's how you get healing. It's how you get everything. People say, well, how come God doesn't move, you know, when he sees these needs and he sees like, you know, you know God's not moved by needs at all. You know that. Thank you for your overwhelming response. That y'all getting so nervous. He doesn't. You know, if God was moved by needs, the devil would be manipulating God all the time. He just causes need. There's so much need everywhere. People are, there's so much need. You can just walk out the door and see so much need everywhere. God's only moved by faith. Amen? I mean, we, we, you, you have to understand that. I mean, that's the thing about Jesus. Jesus was never moved by need. He was only moved by faith. Hallelujah. He never let the need overwhelm him. Even when he fed the 5,000, I mean, he's like, give me the little boy's life. I mean, multi. he did miracle signs and wonders. Amen? But it wasn't, you know, uh, uh, because he was moved by need. He was moved by faith. Amen? And, uh, you know, one of the things we forget is that faith is the open door by which God brings everything to us. And that's why we have to trust him. Hebrews eleven six, right? But without faith... It is impossible to please God. Impossible. You cannot do anything with God if you don't have faith in him. But, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because why? Because you got to believe that he is. You got to believe that he is. And you got to believe that God is. 
not going to be, not was. God is in your situation right now. He is. You've got to believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, God, you're not manipulating God. See, we got a lot of mistakes, especially in the area of prosperity and finance. You think you're going to manipulate God by what you give. Let me just share with you. God could care less about your money. He wants your heart. If he has your heart, he has your money. And if you do that, if you sow and you do when God, you give your tithes, you give your offerings, you're sowing, you're giving, God's going to cost. You cannot, it's impossible. You will be so blessed. Because you can't. I mean, God made Abraham incredibly good because Abraham gave. Abraham's one that established the tenth before Moses, before anybody. Abraham did that way back when. And God made Abraham the richest man on the face of the earth before Solomon. Then Solomon was the richest man. Hey, bit. So, you know, you look at these things and people have a real tendency to get, you know, all messed up. <laughs> Amen. Here's the thing, too. People always want to have silent faith. Did you know there's no such thing as silent faith? Amen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 13. What does it say? Second Corinthians chapter four, 13 says this. But we having the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, they believed and they also spoke. So we also believe and therefore we speak. So you can't be silent. If you want the, if you want the spirit of faith, if you want faith, you've you got to talk. You've got to open your mouth. That means you've got to say it. That's why you've got to declare the small testimonies. You've got to celebrate the small wins. People say, well, I just got this far, but this is not enough. It's like, well, of course it's not enough because you're not so thankful for what he just did. Are y'all okay? I mean, this, this, is this am, I, am I beating you? I preached to the TV right there. Are we doing okay out there? Y'all just shut me off. Because, you know, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart. That I am. I'm really just talking to you because I want to understand if we don't, keep some things in front of us and we don't expect it still takes faith it takes faith to believe for these things it takes faith to believe that God's going to open up the scriptures to you amen it takes faith to believe that I'm going to stand hallelujah and stand amen yes. and having done all to stand I'm going to continue to stand amen I mean, I, I, we look at these things, and now we get to see hear about all the instantaneous miracles, and isn't that wonderful? But uh, how many of you know that it's a fight of faith, and, it, and faith is not passive? That's right. Fight the good fight. You got to fight the good fight of faith. That's what Paul told Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Because there's a fight. If there's a fight to faith, that means there's enemies to faith. Amen? And of course, the greatest enemy of faith is lack of knowledge. It's lack of knowledge of the word of God because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? It's how we do these things. It's how to, you know, people, uh, you know, they, they get in and they just uh, have a tendency to, well, I'm trying this. Listen, faith is not trying. And you're not trying anything. The Bible says that the word of God is trying you and testing you to see if you're going to measure up. You're not trying God to see if he measures up. You're not trying faith. Who, who do you think you are? That's so amazing. Now, I thank God, you know, I mean, I mean, I was raised in a denominational church, and I thank God for the way I was raised, because I was raised in the fear of God. I mean, it was the fear. They preached hell hot every Sunday. 
I mean, you were just, you were just a worm. You were nothing. You needed to get saved every, I mean, you, they just basically figured you needed to get saved, that you just messed up every, which we did mess up, but we didn't need to get saved every week. But you just wear out your, your rededicator, which you, they call it rededicate, need to rededicate your life one more time, you know, <laughs> hallelujah. But in the sense of that is though, the one thing that they did teach me, which was so cool, was that God is God, Amen. you know, I mean, and that was the thing about it. God was God. And I had, a, I had a reverence for God, and I didn't think God owed me anything. I've never thought God has owed me anything. God has given me everything. God gave me Jesus. God drew me to it. God, God got me born again. God, I loved him so much, and I was just so thrilled with that. Even when I found out all of these promises and all of the word of God and how to exercise my faith and receive things from God and how to believe him and know the, all that he has for me. I've never ever looked up and said, well, I did this, 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 so now you have to do that. Here's another thing that they taught me. Never get mad at God because they had two rules. God's always right. And number two is if you think God is wrong, you better refer to rule number one, God's always right. And I like that. I kept that my whole life too. God's always right. The word of God is always right. But see, here's one of the biggest problems. You know why people get frustrated with faith and why they get frustrated with life is because they don't know that there's an enemy, there's an adversary coming against you called Satan. There's also the circumstances. And so when your faith doesn't seem like it's working and it doesn't seem like things aren't happening, the very first person that we want to go to and get mad at is God. And that's dumb. Y'all Okay. I'm not going to take you past that. It's going to be a 25-minute sermonette. You guys are all good, but it seems to be beating the snot out of you. So it's good because we need to get it back up here. We need to turn around here and grab this, that you got to walk by faith when the enemy is attacking and doing, and we see this. Here's how it goes. But what do you do when your faith seems weak and everything seems lost and it just seems like it ain't working? Those people lied to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, now I've been down that road. You know, I was down that road. I, when I left Bible college, you know, we humorously used to say that they say they never said this, but they did. We didn't have any kind of a ministerial organization. We didn't, they basically said, if you make it, tell everybody you graduated from here. If you don't, don't tell anybody about us. <laughs> okay, you know. And uh, what happened in the first year when I left and I went into ministry and I was helping out a church, uh, it was another Rhema guy. And that pastor lied about me and sent, sent back and said I did a bunch of stuff and sent it back to the school that I graduated from. And they used us as a public example in front of the whole school. And so I was a man without a country. I was a man without a school. I was a man without any denomination. And I knew God called me. And I had I'd left from there and uh, was traveling and thinking, okay, what am I going to do? You know, here I am, the very school that taught me truths uh, has totally ridiculed me, totally used me as an example and uh, about what not to do. And I didn't do it. And, uh, you know, I was right in what I did and right in, and I still stand and what I did was right in everything about it. And it was. But, so I've got to decide, do I believe this because somebody taught it to me? Or do I believe this because God said it? Because you ain't got nobody to help you. And so I went and I continued, ended up in another, in another place and uh, thank God for the grace of God and doing things. But 
that place didn't work out either. <laughs> so I said, I'm just going to go get a job. I'm going to, you know, God, I know what to do. I know how to do things. And uh, you're just going to have to figure this out with me. And we're going to have to figure it out together. Doesn't mean I didn't get out of ministry or anything there. I went, and went to another place and it was helping another church out. But I got a job and I started making lots of money. And I thought, there you go, God. I'm going to be the biggest giver in the church. It's going to be good. I got this, you know. I'm going to buy you off. I'm going to buy my calling off. I'm going to buy you off. You need me. You're going to need me. All these churches need me, you know. And so, because I, you know, I did. So I came back. I said, forget it. This is what I'm going to do. I started my own business. I built my first home from the ground up. How did I do? And I was starting that particular business, doing some other things, had working it, doing some other stuff. And I'm doing good, making lots of money. You know, doing really good. And I'm the most miserable person to be around. Because I'm trying to tell God, I'm not sure about this faith stuff. And he's trying to tell me, how long do you think that's going to last? I said, well, I'm a pretty good worker. And I know what I'm doing. He said, yeah, but you're not going to do it without my blessing. <laughs> I said, this is true. But the key was, is I had to surrender. So I went from making $1,000 a week to making $300 a month in the ministry. And as happy as could be. And had to have a, you know, a broom handle prop up the stove to keep the stove front there. And it had water coming in, had rats in the house. And my wife cried for two years, you know, because we moved from a brand new house, brand new cars, brand new everything. And, uh, you know, went backwards as it seems, but we've been going up ever since. And the key reason I share that with you is because you've got to figure this out for yourself. You've got to figure it all out for yourself. The problem with folks is, is that nobody's ever had a hard time where when they get the hard times, they quit. And they get mad at God. Now, that was the one thing, you know, me and God, we talked about it, but I never got mad at God. I knew it wasn't God's fault. I said, God, my understanding is not the right way. Amen? See, because the very first thing you've got to do, the very first thing you've got to do when your weakest faith or when your faith seems weak and big is you've got to recognize it's the enemy coming against you. He's trying to steal your faith, okay? Hallelujah. And then you've got to go back to the Word of God and you've got to say, do I really believe this? Even though it's not happening in my life, do I really believe what God's Word says? Is God going to meet and supply? Is God really going to do this? Is he really going to do this? And then, of course, I got to ask myself, God, where did I open the door? Am I living in sin? Am I bad? What, Lord, God, am I just so stupid I don't understand? What, what, and what am I doing? To, you know, are you mad at me? What's going on? Amen? I had to ask myself a lot of questions along those lines there, you know? Then I got to say, Lord, I do believe. Now help me. Help me to understand this more. Direct my steps. Show me what to do. And God just... Turn things around, but you got to believe. You say, well, did he just snap a finger? You, no, you got to believe God. You got to do it one step at a time. You got to believe God. You got to do this. You got to do this. And you got to desire and you got to hunger. Say, God, I desire your word more than anything else. I'm going to be like Job. I'm going to desire your word more than my necessary food. Amen. Amen. See, see we have a tendency. To allow, allow, allow all the things. And here's one of the biggest problems. I've shared this and most people get mad. And we'll close because it's 801. But, uh, and I just got started. I didn't even get a half, down half a page of notes. And these are only half size. But here's the thing. Is that we'll have to finish it next Wednesday night. How's that? We'll, we'll, take, we'll take the same thing and we're going to come back and, and do it again. Okay? And, uh, but uh, is people have this great tendency to think that 
If they doubt in their head, they're done. Did you notice that the words that we just spoke in Scripture says, don't doubt in your heart? And one of the biggest problems, people don't understand the difference between their heart and their head. They don't know what heart faith is versus head faith. Most people have head faith. They do not have a heart faith. Because if you get it down in your heart, it doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the banker says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. When you have faith in your heart, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter. Nobody can discourage you. Nobody can defeat you. They can tell you all kinds of things and you just go, I don't know what to say except (laughs) I just, I'm okay. God's going to do it. You know, I've had people tell me lots of times, well, you're just too dumb to, 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 to be afraid. You're just too dumb to doubt. I said, yeah, I am. I am. My doubter's been wore out. I just don't want to doubt anymore. And man, I doubt my doubts. I mean, the minute that I doubt, I go, man, I can't even believe I doubted that. I go, where'd that come from? So I doubt my doubts. I believe my beliefs. You've got to. Why? Because I've got the promises of God. These cannot fail. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I did this when I was younger and stuff, and it helped me. Man, I throw my Bible right down on the ground and just go, not quite like that, but throw it like that, and I just stand on it. And I say, God, I don't know what else to do. I just want to believe it. And if you don't do what the Word of God says you're going to do, and, and I'm not, you, I, I, I'm believing, I'm doing, if I'm not, tell me, you've got to talk to me. You're my, you're my father, you do it. I'm standing on the Word. Now, I quoted the scriptures to him because I figured I better know him, so I had to quote him. So I'd quote them to him. I said, you got a choice. Amen. I'm believing. Hallelujah. I'm believing. Just standing. And I did. And he would always say, well, you are standing for what you know. You just don't know enough yet. So you need to know more. I said, well, then you got to teach me. You got to show me. And thank God he will. And he will if you stand and he'll come through. He's holding us all up. You guys know that? You're not holding yourself up. He's holding, all, he's holding us up. And if you let the word of God, it'll hold you up. He'll, I mean, he is holding us up, but he wants the word of God so that you know that it's the word that's holding you up. Hallelujah. And it changes your life. Amen. So we're going to pick up. We're gonna, we'll start this again next Wednesday too because this is something I, 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 I was planning. You know, I just figured it'd be easy, but we're going to do it. Took a little time. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you, love you, and praise you. Thank you. Father, I just you just told me to share this subject and share on what is the God kind of faith. What is faith in God? Just simple faith in God. So good to grab a hold and take that God, you will. You will do what your word says. You will meet our, supply all of our needs. Father, you have already healed us. You already did that. So healing is our promise. We have health and healing. Thank you. Father, you'll, you'll, you'll heal the brokenhearted. You'll do all the things you said you'll do. So we thank you for it, Father. We honor you for it. Thank you for these wonderful folks here. Thank you for all those that are watching. And Lord, we we just give you honor and glory. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, we're going to receive this evening's tithes and offerings. So if you uh, need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of you. Or if you're doing it by uh, what's going on here. So I'm going to give and uh, allow God to be God. Hallelujah. Amen. So... Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. And then we'll pray.
Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to sow seeds. Thank you that we can bring our tithes and offerings. We can worship you with our giving. Thank you for each and every one. Lord, thank you for, Father, meeting and supplying all of our needs at Harvest Bible Church. You're just an amazing God. Lord, we thank you for that. We magnify your name. And Lord, not only for us, but for every person you're doing. And I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You're doing exceeding abundantly above all that we could even ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I have one announcement, which is Pastor Chris DeMarc is going to be our guest minister this weekend. He's going to be preaching on Sunday. He's a tremendous blessing. Just one of the sweetest, most kindest guys I've ever met in my entire life. You know, he was my uh, youth minister and my assistant pastor uh, for six years. And, uh, you know, he never told me no once. He never not did anything, or I mean, he was just, I mean, he was probably uh, one of the most amazing guys uh, doing what needed to be done, and, uh, you know, he's very, very precious and dear, and of course, Belinda, his wife, is really precious and dear, too, but it's just, uh, he just has a heart of gold, and what he's done for the last 28 years in the inner city of Pittsburgh is I'm thoroughly convinced 99% of other pastors couldn't, would never have made it or never even stayed there that long. But he's still there. And he's loving the people, loving everything, and God's using him and his daughters, and uh, it's precious. And so uh, he's a blessing. And, you know, he's just a good Italian guy. You know, good, good guy. And, uh, uh, but he's just, he's just a really, really neat, neat guy. You know, and I, so I'm just happy that he's coming and we're all going to honor him and be a blessing to them. Amen. So, uh, and he'll bring a good word. He's, he's a good guy. He's, he's, like I said, everybody doesn't give him, give him, uh, you know, because he's so sweet and so nice, everybody kind of tried to run over him. But he's actually, like I said, he graduated from Penn State University before he even went to Rama, And uh, he's a brilliant guy. So we were at a big minister's. I'll tell you about one thing. He was a big minister's thing one time. And this guy asked a question, how, do, how would we say this? And he got up and he said it. And the guy goes, that's that was brilliant and everybody just kind of looked at him I said yeah because you guys all look down on him because he, he pastors in the inner city it's the idea they all looked down on me when I pastored in the inner city they just didn't you know none of them could have even even if it, we couldn't have lasted a week you know they would have been just crying after a week after somebody said I'm gonna kill you tomorrow you know they just cried they'd be like they said they're gonna kill me well that happened every single day what are you talking about no big deal you know, people get up and testify. Well, my husband said he's going to kill me when I get home because I came to church tonight. But praise God, I told him I was going to church either here or in heaven, but I'm going to church. I said, well, let's pray. See, y'all are piece of cake. Stand up. We could go. I could tell you story after story, and he can tell you too. It's all good. You can ask him any questions. So stand up. I love you. God loves you. All you guys watching, we'll see you guys on Sunday. Be blessed.